Marine Corps veteran Tom Paquin has had entrepreneurial success in several ventures and is now the CEO and founder of Victory Base, which provides housing near military bases for service members and allows them to have a unique opportunity to build equity in Victory Base Corporation every month. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership during this high-rate market. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, talking with Marine Corps veteran Tom Paquin, CEO and founder of Victory Base Corporation. Tom, thanks for being here today. Take us back. Tell us what you did in the Marine Corps. Oh, yeah, great. Thanks to be here. I appreciate you allowing me to jump on the podcast today. Uh, yeah, going way back, uh, U.S. Marine Corps uh, spent uh, 21 years total as an active duty and then reserve Marine as well. Uh, initially, uh, you know, joined the Marine Corps and wanted to fly airplanes. So I was uh, pretty fortunate to be able to, to join and fly the F-18. So, and when you left, how many years were you on active duty when you, before you left? You know, I was on for 13 years total. Yeah. Uh, and then switched and I actually transitioned and stuck around as a reservist, um, you know, right up until 21 years total. Now, what was your transition like out of the Marine Corps? You knew it was coming, you planned ahead, had a real good idea what you wanted to do or you know, what was that like? Yeah, you know, I was, I was fortunate. To, I was able to actually join a reserve unit as an active duty Marine. And so I, I had the opportunity to listen to a lot of the other folks that were, were in the reserve unit. Majority of them, though, were flying for their airlines. So, um, you know, I, I really thought long and hard about uh, an airline career or not and decided I'd, I just wanted to go out and start businesses. So, um, you know, I had a couple of years there to prepare for the transition. I really started to think about what was I going to do next? And, and, uh, you know, it was a tough decision because, you know, in the military, um, you have your, your MOS, whatever that is. In my case, obviously I was flying the F-18 unless you're an airline pilot, you know, there are some other jobs out there that you can look at, but, uh, but nothing really directly translates perfectly into an entrepreneurial type business or, or new business. So you kind of have to decide and become an expert at something new that you haven't done in the past, which is, which is challenging and fun, but at the same time increases the stress level and, uh, you know, a little, a little bit of the risk as well. So you knew from the beginning you were looking to start some kind of a business. Uh, did you have any ideas what what you were looking for, an exact idea, or did you were you in, in search mode for quite a while before you found something? Yeah, I was in search mode for a while, and, and, and quite honestly, it was a widget. I was looking for the right widget because the, the business itself and building the business was what I was passionate about, not necessarily – uh, what the product was, although I was able to find initially, you know, a great widget and it was a renewable energy field. You know, we, I actually uh, started to create a, a business model to produce and manufacture biodiesel. Uh, that plan as it evolved switched to becoming a distributor of, of biodiesel. Uh, it was a really unique business. I mean, how would an F-18 pilot though know anything about renewable energy? And I didn't. So I had to, you know, I did 10 conferences and, and read online and, and really took a lot of time kind of developing the model itself. And quite honestly, at the time, I, I didn't even know how to to read or understand uh, cash flow models or balance sheets. And, you know, I didn't jump right into an MBA. So I, I actually jumped online and kind of figured it all out myself. 
And you actually were fortunate enough to have some initial success with, you know, the, the biodiesel company uh, initially and, and a couple other ventures before you got to where you're at now. But um, along the way, uh, any big resources or was it mostly just uh, teaching yourself and uh, failing forward the whole time? Yeah, well, there's a lot of failing. There's no doubt about that. And just trying to figure it out. But really, a lot of hard work was part of that as well. Um, you know, if I took two or three hours off on a Sunday, uh, I felt as though I was behind my timeline to accomplish uh, the goals that I wanted. Uh, but I'll also say, too, there are some great mentors out there. I was at a National Biodiesel Board Conference in San Diego, and uh, there was uh, there was this older gentleman. He was outside of one of the conference areas, and, and he was wearing naval aviator, aviator wings. And I, I approached him and said, hey, sir, were you in the Navy or Marine Corps? And uh, he was a former Marine. He actually flew Corsairs in World War II. Uh, wow. and the guy was absolutely incredible to, to talk to and meet. And, you know, that day we actually had lunch together. Um, we, we sat around and, and talked, uh, for a bit uh, throughout the next couple of days, um, you know, kept up with each other. And then, and then we, he was actually ended up becoming the first investor in my company. And, uh, we went to Europe, we were on a trip and I was going to look at some biodiesel equipment because he had the same vision to, to invest in the biodiesel industry. Uh, and I went with him and, and no kidding. And, and True story, everyone always says it, but he pulled out the napkin and said, I'm going to invest this much. My other company is going to invest this much. And he said, and my son is going to invest this much, which I thought it was hilarious because I had never even met his son. So I had no idea, but he's you know investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into my business that, that I was just getting ready uh, to get started. Uh, yeah. But he, he really was the, uh, the mentor that kicked it off. Vic Smith, uh, uh, Eugene Victor Smith, he actually passed away just a year and a half ago. And um, 99 years old. So he lived a great life and wow. great stories about the Corsair in World War II as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. How was it you uh, fell on the biodiesel idea? Where'd that come from? You know, as I, I was looking for the widget, right? Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an environmentalist and, you know, I'm what they call an easy environmentalist. There's a lot of things that we can do that are really easy to help improve the environment without having to, to, to be radical and break things. But uh, but it just seemed like it was easy to do. And, and the biodiesel product itself, you know, helped our farmers create more jobs and employment. And at the same time, it, it reduced um, carbon uh, emissions. So it, it seemed to make sense from a, a product standpoint. And it, and it did. Uh, you know, the next step beyond that as well is there was a lot of support from the government. And really started this in 2007-8 timeframe. If, if you recall, that time there was a pretty big demand for oil. Uh, pricing of oil and refined products in particular were jumping. Uh, pretty fast at the time because the economy was so so hot. So what uh, uh, what I did is I, I I chose that 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 would be the right industry, and I just then had to figure out where I fit inside that industry. Yeah, and following the uh, biodiesel company, you had had a couple other things happening uh, before you eventually got to Victory Base Corporation. What were some of the other things, real quick, uh, that you were able to yeah. experience? Well, in, in parallel with the renewable energy business, so. Um, you know, the the model actually ended up being um, a distributor of the product. So I would buy a million gallons of product from Cargill and another million from ADM, and then we would put them in rail cars and send them all over the United States. And so we established this, this network of uh, industrial transload facilities, and then we would have a foothold in each of those markets. And a new product came along as well called diesel exhaust fluid. And diesel exhaust fluid was another environmental product. And, and if your if your viewers aren't uh, the listeners aren't familiar with that, it's it's an absolutely incredible product as well. And and it it it's a urea water solution that mixes 
inside a small little combustion chamber that's that's post engine uh, combustion. So it's it's in the exhaust portion, and uh, this material takes the nitrogen oxide, which is ten times worse than carbon dioxide, and it converts it into nitrogen and water. Uh, so you have these large eighteen wheelers going down the road today that are, that are very very clean and very efficient. Uh, but that was another product that we were able then to use the same network of transload facilities and rail cars, although the rail cars were different types, we can move the product all across the United States again. So that, that business grew pretty fast as well. We had our own brand, Victory Blue. Uh, we actually took over the marketing and sales for uh, uh, Valvoline, as well as Cummings and a few others. So now I had these two competing businesses. One, the renewable energy business was much larger because just a much larger volume overall. Uh, and then the, the new product, the DEF with Valvoline as well. Wow. That's awesome. All right. We're going to take a quick yeah. break. We'll be right back. Navy Federal Credit Union is here to help military members and their families tackle home ownership during this high rate market. With their new no refi rate drop option, if you buy your next home now and mortgage rates drop later, you can lower your rate by paying a low fee instead of refinancing and paying thousands in closing costs. They offer mortgage options with zero down payment, so you don't need to wait years to save. Also, plan a travel this summer. Navy Federal Flagship Credit Card treats members to our highest rewards and premium benefits. Flagship makes it easy to rack up rewards with higher points on travel, including everything from tolls to terminals. I know firsthand, as I've had a Navy Federal Flagship credit card for a couple decades now, and we use our points for plane tickets, hotels, and even rental cars all the time. Earn a bonus of 40,000 points when you spend $4,000 in the first 90 days. Plus, enjoy a free year of Amazon Prime at Navy Federal, our members of the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Federally insured by NCUA, membership required, equal housing lender. Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval and eligibility requirements. Open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. As of May 1st, 2023, the rates for flagship are 14.74% to 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to a dollar at non-Navy federal ATMs. A $49 annual fee for Visa Signature Flagship Rewards. Back talking with Marine Corps veteran Tom Paquin, CEO and founder of Victory Base Corporation. So, Tom, you, you had the, the biodiesel uh, company going great, and then it kind of it turned into a distribution company for biodiesel, and you were able to uh, segue or jump in on top of that. You already had the distribution line set up, so you got in when the when DEF, D-E-F, for a diesel engine started coming out, you are able to work your way into that network too. So a couple, couple pretty successful companies there. Um, eventually you sold those. So talk about a little about, uh, setting your company up, even if you never plan to sell, setting your company up to sell and doing the right things. And how do you look good to investors and potential buyers? Yeah. You know, that's a great question because you know, the reality is when you start a business, you have to figure out, Hey, how am I actually going to exit the business? And some people don't want to, and that's okay. You can, you can stick with the business forever and continue to work it and pass it on to your kids. But uh, eventually things are going to change. And if, if you want to be able to sell the business, then you, you really need to set it up for that, as you indicated. And, you know, part of that too is making sure you have the right people uh, on the team and, uh, and really over time to make it where um, you're not actually even running the business. Yeah, you're there, you, you're the figurehead, but, but everything else is happening automatically. So all the personnel, all the infrastructure and everything is in place so somebody else can jump in and then become the new leader of the new business. And, um, you know, and, and when it's time to sell, you always want that person buying the business to, to know that, Hey, you're smarter than I am. You've got this. I just got it to this point and you're smarter than me. You're going to be able to take it onto the next step. And, and there's people that that's what they love to do. They just love to go out there and buy businesses. 
I, I like to create businesses, start, start over with something new, a new fresh idea and put things together. And, and that's the, that's the value that I like to kind of bring together. And so, um, yeah, 2000 and, and, um, it's kind of a funny story. I actually went to launch with the CEO of old world industries and they're the company that owns P Antifreeze. And, uh, during the, during the meeting, he looked at me and said, Tom, you know, we, how do you view your company? Are you a marketing company, logistics company? How do you really look at the company? And my response was, you know, I really look at this as a, as a logistics company. And he's like, well, you know, I look at old world and peak as a marketing company. We market the products, we get it out uh, into the marketplace uh, and really, really market really, really well. And they do, they're really, really good at doing that. And, uh, you know, I shook my head up and down and said, you know, I need to focus more on, on marketing as well. So shortly thereafter, we announced our relationship with Valvoline. Uh, and it wasn't very long after that, he called and said, Hey, you're becoming too much of a competitor. Let's talk about the sale of the company. So that's really how the first, first business was sold. And, uh, you know, it, it was very unique and in a fun situation where you kind of read the tea leaves. He, he understood where we were. I understood where he was. And it just really made a lot of sense for us to come together and sell. Um, the energy company was very similar. It was a strategic sale to a, a company that, uh, had an ethanol business. Uh, it made sense at the time for us to sell and, and it made sense for them to increase their overall footprint and, and increase the value that they brought to the marketplace as well. Yeah. You know, um, you touched on a little something that's in, in the realm of entrepreneurship's worth mentioning. There, there are people that were born and bred to be managers, manage current things, and they're great at managing people in, in the systems and keeping things, keeping things the same and marching, that, marching it on down the road. And there's also more creative types that love starting up companies, getting, up, getting them up to a certain level. And then they usually, once it becomes automated to the point where, like you said, the business is running without you, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and, you know, anybody in the military can relate to that. Well, as you used to say, you know, if, if the leader, leader takes, around and the, takes around in the grape, the unit ought to be able to function just fine without that leader. Otherwise, the leader hadn't done their job. Same thing in business. If your business relies on you on a day-to-day basis to operate properly, you're not doing something right. And that's not an attractive business for somebody to buy because they know the business relies on you. And if it took me a, a long time to figure this out, but I never could figure out why I didn't enjoy being a manager. I'm just not that type of person. I would rather start something, create it, get it up to a certain point, and then turn it over to somebody else or sell it. So most people are probably managers or employee type mentalities, but those entrepreneurs are they're great at starting things up, but it might not take them and it, and it's it's a very rare scenario when you you have somebody that starts a company from scratch and takes it all the way to the, going huge and large public you know like a Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and you know Steve Jobs and all that those those are very rare to have the founder take it all the way to the end there's usually a company they've done studies a company takes at least four or five uh uh CEO types to take it from beginning through different stages of funding and ultimately in the very end when it's a, a, a extremely large public company, it's four or five different people by, by that time. So um, if you have one of those niches, if you find that comfort zone, uh, by all means, maximize that and, and, and stay where you're at. So, um, so you had a couple of great exits, um, great story. And then you came up, now you're, do, now you're CEO and founder of Victory Base Corporation. So we were talking a little bit before the video, start, uh, before we started recording, Explain exactly what you're doing with Victory Base Corporation because it's pretty unique. Yeah, you know, Victory Base, uh, it, it's it's give back here. It's give back time. So I, I've been successful. I've had mentors in the past, and and I like to work with other military folks as well. And 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 
you know, I really came up with a victory base as a way to help military families. Um, and, and really the problem is from my experience, what I found, I moved to Beaufort, South Carolina in 2001. And, uh, I knew I wanted to buy a house, uh, and I didn't want to throw money away at rent. So I, I wanted to take part in American dream and buy a house, but I also knew too, at the same time that I was only going to be in Beaufort for three years, plus or minus. And if you buy a house and you're only going to be in it for three years, it's really hard to overcome all the transaction costs. You know, you have the VA funding yeah. fee, it can be over 3%. Um, all the title insurance, everything else goes with the, with the transaction of actually buying the house. But even worse, three years later, you're paying a realtor 6% to sell it. And some of those fees, again, are, are being paid again. So we see a lot of our military families borrowing 105 to 110%, the total value uh, of the home itself. So you're naturally starting behind the power curve. Uh, when you're, when you're going to purchase home, you know, you're going to have to move. Um, so unless the market takes right off, uh, you, you know, your, your chances of making money on that, uh, you know, you, you can, but, but more than likely on average, um, you're going to end up keeping the house and then renting it to somebody else. And you're going to become what we generally have, have used this term, an accidental landlord. And so now you're in, um, overseas, you're in Japan or you're in Singapore or, you know, Saudi Arabia, wherever you are. Um, you're trying to manage a house and garbage disposal breaks or whatever it is. It's either now up to your spouse to take care of it, or you have to worry about it and pay, you know, more money to get it fixed than, than you really should have to. And so understanding this, I knew that at that point in 2001, there has to be something better. And that's when we came up with the, the, the victory based model. And it's really dependent upon a few, a few, a few key factors. One of which is an ownership mindset where the people who live in our community take it, the mindset to, to become owners, not just of the house, but the entire community. And so what we do is we, uh, we allow our residents to come in and when they live in the homes, the victory based properties, and then they actually make an equity based payment and get equity in the company. So they're actually buying shares of victory based corporation. So instead of having equity in one particular house, they actually have equity in the entire ecosystem of homes underneath the victory based corporation. Uh, and that the next, uh, portion of that ownership mindset as well as giving the power to the residents inside the military communities. Uh, and, and we have non-military that live in our homes as well, but, but giving them the power to run the community. And this is the part that I'm most proud of. The military families uh, and the families that live in our community, they have turkey trot races and Halloween parades, and they get together for Taco Tuesdays. They have bounce houses. They really take control of the entire, not just socially as well. They make sure that the community operates better, you know, looks great for them but they really spent a lot of time to ensure the entire community uh, functions as well. You know, one of the things that I've seen um, and, and a business partner of mine, John Sharkey pointed it out that uh, when a military family moves into a new home after they receive orders, generally they're moving into an area where they don't have any other family members. So their neighbors become their friends and in many cases become their family as well. And they have uh, meals together and they spend a lot of time together. If they don't go, back to their hometown during a holiday, they spend it with their, with their new family that's next door. And so really we see these communities are much different than you would see in a rental community. It's not the same. Um, you know, people have a vested interest financially as well as the overall community itself. And I, I really think that the, that value cannot be understated. Uh, and that's really, I think what victory base brings to the marketplace. Yeah. Now how does that work? So somebody, somebody's not really renting a house from you. They're, they're moving in and they're making a payment, but a small portion or percentage of that payment goes towards equity in the company. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, it, absolutely. And what we call that is an equity-based payment. And we call our residents actually equity-based investors as well. And so equity-based is just 
is two words brought into into one. And equity is purchasing of shares of Victory Base Corporation, and the base portion is the amount that's paid to, that allows that that uh, family to live in the home itself. And so that portion takes care of the you know the the property taxes, the insurance, and all of the community expenses that are required. And so now every single month. Um, they're actually gaining more value because they're buying more shares of Victory Base Corporation. Uh, and the reality is to make this even better for military families, we, we look at the market, what that value uh, looks like uh, inside that uh, inside that marketplace itself. And I, I'm kind of talking in circles here, but, but overall, let me just use an example. Beaufort, South Carolina, we estimate the market value of a three-bedroom home to be, let's just say, $2,000. Normally, if you wanted to rent a house, in Beaufort, it would cost $2,000. Uh, we will uh, generally sell $100 of, of shares and then $1,900 on the base portion, getting you back up to $2,000. And so it's, it's the same value that you're going to pay to live in a house out in the community, and yet you get all this extra value as an owner in Victory Base Corporation. Um, and where are where are your homes located? You're mostly uh, centered near, near military bases, right? Yeah, that's that's the goal. We'd like to have a network effect, so you move out of one of our houses into another one. Uh, but houses cost a lot of money, so it takes us a lot of time to be able to to get the entire network together. Today, we have forty houses in Beaufort, South Carolina. We have fifty homes in Sackets Harbor, New York, which is outside of Fort Drum, uh, New York. Uh, we have one hundred and thirty-four lots being built, and we'll then build houses in Panama City, Florida. Another one hundred and seventy-eight um, being built in um, Phoenix, Arizona, right outside of Luke Air Force Base. Uh, but we have dozens of properties beyond that, though, that we're looking at and we're expanding. And, and we're currently in the middle of a, a fundraising campaign. So we're raising uh, private money from uh, private investors as well as additional funding uh, through the Reg A. So um, uh, we're currently under an amendment with SEC. And, and so what we've done is we filed a Regulation A with SEC, and that allows us to sell shares to non-accredited investor as well as any other retail investor as well. But once this amendment is... Uh, is complete, then we'll be able to offer shares to, to anybody and everybody um, through the through the reggae itself. Yeah, and so for the most part, you only people that are buying shares are people that are living in your houses right now, right? Uh, that's it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but as I said, it's it's really a retail investment. So uh, any of your listeners will be able to jump onto our website, uh, hit a button, invest now. They can go through and they read the uh, regulation form one A, which talks all about the business, what that looks like, and then they can make that investment decision based on that document to be able to, to purchase shares in Victory Base Corporation. Um, and, and from a, an investor standpoint, obviously it's like uh, any, any stock you would buy, there's risks, uh, uh, you know, up and down on, on, the, on the value of it. Uh, but I really think that the Victory Base is a very unique position. It's a, it's a, it's a fundamental change to how people view uh, real estate, residential real estate. We're not renting anymore. We're not buying the house. We're buying the shares uh, of the company. Uh, that, that uh, has an interest in all the communities. Yeah. And uh, so you're actually, you don't just own onesies and twosies near military bases. You own like entire neighborhoods typically. And I guess is the main way you're able to do that. Are, are you actually, most of these ones you already have, have you pretty much built the whole, built and funded the whole neighborhood as it, from scratch and then just uh, stayed, kept them in your possession? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the ability to buy individual homes, but we really focus on communities itself. And so we want the whole community to come together. Uh, so we buy um, 4,800 houses, whatever that looks like, uh, or even develop those communities from scratch. Uh, and that's really our goal. And that allows us then to, to fund 
the community more efficiently. So if we build 100 houses, we can build 100 houses cheaper than one person on, you know, proportionate rate would build one house. So we see all these extra savings and value uh, as we continue to build the homes and, and the communities. Yeah, it's almost like you're offering a, a alternative to 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 base housing um, without without actually living on living on base to a certain extent. Because theoretically, yeah. most of the people in there are probably affiliated with the, with the military base nearby. But as you said, you don't have to be. Yeah, and we're about fifty percent military. That's kind of our target. So we have half military, half non-military. Uh, but the differences between us and the base housing as well is, you know, we focus on newer homes. So so we generally like to have brand new homes for for our families. Uh, and we also have the equity uh, uh, portion of that, that really brings value. So an equity ownership and victory based corporation is something you can't do um, in any rental or base housing either. And how is it on your end? Uh, like you mentioned uh, an accidental, instead of being an accidental landlord, uh, how has it been on your end with, as far as um, deal with military families and, and receiving the payments and everything? Is it, like look and feel and smell that much different than being a landlord. Yeah, it does actually, because, you know, I, I will actually go into the community on occasion. I'll walk around, I'll talk to people and I will tell them, I do not want to manage your house. I do not want to manage your community. I want nothing to do with what you do on a day-to-day basis around here. I want you to take control of it. I want you to make it better. I want you to identify the things that are right and wrong with the community and just make it a better place to live. And uh, I think most landlords aren't like that. They're like, Hey, you, you can do this. You can't do that. And they're going to put your, put their finger on every single little thing that you do. Uh, and, and I think that's the key difference. And, and quite honestly, this is just like leading Marines. Um, you put a, put a team of Marines together. We have residents, not Marines. Uh, and you give them uh, the ability to make decisions and take ownership and they're going to take it and they're going to do a hell of a lot better than you could do if you're going to do it yourself. And so I, I really would just want to give to the experts and the experts are the people living in the houses. That's, it just seems to make sense. Yeah. So if somebody's interested in, in either, either getting in one of your houses and you're one of those military bases or, or interested in just victory base in general, how do we find you? Well, victorybase.com is the easiest place. Um, and, and we'll have houses listed there, um, as well as the investment opportunity. So if somebody wants to, uh, to look at investing in, in our reggae, um, simple once again hit invest now and they can go and read all the documentation and make a decision there uh, but really victorybase.com is the easiest place to to kind of start awesome and tom uh we're getting close to the end of our time i'm gonna give you the last word if if you are talking to somebody in the military they're on their way out got out recently uh looking to get into some type of entrepreneurship whether it's uh trying to find that widget or just running a business in general uh, what kind of advice comes to mind well but- Building a business is a lot of fun. There's a lot of stress. You have to make sure you have the right personality for it. Uh, but there's nothing um, that you can't overcome with hard work. Uh, and with the military background, you have to realize too that you know you, people will do things a little bit differently. You have to listen. You have to learn, and you have to work twice as hard as everybody else because you haven't been you haven't been living in that different uh, marketplace, the entrepreneur marketplace where where you see. Uh, uh, business deals taking place and, and people behave differently as well. You know, in the military, you know, you talk with a subordinate or superior, you say X, Y, Z is going to happen on a certain date, a certain time. And if it's not going well, the first person you tell is that person you made a promise to. And in many cases in the civilian world, uh, that may or may not be the case. They may ignore it and, you know, and, and allow uh, it to fester in something that's much more major than, than it could have been at the very beginning. So I would look at the cultural differences, the hard work, uh, and really just put your mind to it and, and you can make it happen. All right. Awesome. 
Well, hey, Tom, uh, thanks for sharing your multiple entrepreneurial success stories. Uh, good on you, making us all proud out there. Uh, look forward to your future success. And uh, if you're interested, uh, check out victorybase.com for more info. And these two Marines are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.